0: Good morning. Good morning. Who's decided to be here this morning worshiping with us today at Airline Baptist Church? That's right. We still got some fellowshipping going on. I love it. I love it. Well, everybody's finding their seat. Let me just say we're excited that you're here with us today. We've got an awesome morning planned, we've got an awesome time of worship as we just get ready to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So before we start, though, we got a lot of things to be excited about. We've got, of course, uh, Pastor uh, Mark Marshall coming to, to to give the word this morning, break open God's word with us. He is a—I'm I'm excited about it. He is uh, with Georgia Baptist. He's, he serves there as the associate director of missions uh, with our Georgia Baptist Association, a great guy, and I'm excited to hear him this morning. So we got that to look forward to. Also, as we're looking forward to to future events coming up, Good Friday. Now, you're not going to want to miss this. I love Good Friday, right? Because if we really think about it and look, there would be no Easter Sunday without Good Friday before that. And we're going to celebrate that together. Not just our church, but we're going to come together with a bunch of churches in our area, with Chestnut Mountain Church, with the Tribe Church, which is a Latino church in our community, and and as well as City Church, which is right in downtown Gainesville, right there near Wild Wings, a great group of people at City Church. And we're going to join together with them right in downtown Gainesville, outside. Man, it's going to be awesome. Good Friday. That's happening at uh, April 15th at 5 o'clock. There's going to be a time of worship, a preaching of the word for everyone to hear. There's going to be food, some games. I think Pastor Mike is going to be on the hot dog grill or something like that. I mean, Pastor Nutrition back there is going to be awesome. Uh, so we, we definitely want you to be there, invite people, and while you're inviting people to Good Friday, don't forget to invite them to our uh, community-wide Easter egg hunt that following Saturday. I promise you, you're going to be so ramped up and excited for Good Friday that we're going to go to the Esau Community Center at 9 o'clock that night, and we're just going to be ready to go for the next morning. It's going to be great. You're not going to sleep because you're so excited from Good Friday service. So invite someone in our community who needs to know about Jesus to that Easter egg hunt. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be bouncing. See houses. I'm sure there's going to be some more food and all that. So that's, that's happening. Uh, you can check in your worship guide for more. And then one other thing I want to touch on really quick, 6.30 for this whole entire month, every single Monday morning at 6.30, there's going to be a time of prayer right out here in the fellowship hall. Uh, it's going to be early. I know 6.30, some of y'all, I mean, I got to set my clock a little bit earlier for that. I mean, I'm going to be coming in here a little bit groggy, but it's time for prayer. Chestnut mount, some of those friends are coming in there and they're going to be praying with us praying for our church, praying for our community. and That's going to be such a special, special time. Remember this week as well there will be no Wednesday night services. I know no study through numbers, no children, no students. We're going to pick that up next week. So I'm excited. Hey, and before we start turning over to the praise band, I just want to say something really quick. A verse that's really been on my heart and I hope it can help you. It's found in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs number or chapter 11 there it says, when the righteous prosper the city rejoices and I've been meditating on that verse for a little while the past couple months when the righteous prosper the whole city rejoices and man how great would it be to see this city to see this community rejoice and be glad because Airline Baptist Church is prospering because we're doing what God has called us to do so in that spirit this morning let us stand up and worship
1: church has he been a good god to you this week better than you deserve amen
2: God is greater awesome, awesome. He is, he is a great God. There is no one else like him, and uh, you and I have the privilege of being able to go to him in prayer to talk to that God this morning. Each of us that know him personally, and so I want to invite you. This is going to be the first action that I have the opportunity to, uh, to walk alongside you to do, and that is, I want to just have a few moments of prayer this morning and uh here's what i'd like for you to do if you if you would if you're comfortable in doing so physically able to do so would you just join me here at the altar this morning and uh i don't know if you guys typically do that but uh if you would just kneel here and love to have you here if you can't you can uh you can do that in your seats here in just a few moments it's awesome to see no greater sight to see than to see the saints of the lord coming together and bowing before Him, joining together in prayer and joining our hearts. And uh, it is uh, it is great to be with you this morning and to begin together just in prayer. And I'm going to ask you as you come this morning, just begin. And uh, if you're still in your seats, that's fine. You can do this there. You can sit if you like to do so this morning or stand. Either way, however God leads you. I just want to ask you to begin by just... Uh, Just praising God for who He is. We just saying that He is a God like no other. And so, I want to just begin to praise Him this morning. God, You are Almighty. You are Creator. You are All Powerful. God, You love us. You are a compassionate God, a gracious God. Just all the things God brings to your mind right now from Scripture and things that you know of Him. Just this morning, just thank Him for who He is. Moments to confess before him God here are some places that I know that I have failed you this week I've come up short of the mark God here are some areas in my life that I know I need forgiveness God I want to thank you that you forgive us your word says that if we confess our sins you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and we also know this morning that God can use a clean vessel and so if each of us individually come before him clean power that is in that for a church a body of believers so maybe just a few moments this morning God here's some things I just want to lay before you and ask you to forgive me And just a moment or two of thanksgiving God thank you thank you for my family thank you for my job thank you for for providing thank you for getting me here safely this morning so many things to be thankful for god thank you for my salvation your son jesus christ making possible to know you just begin just a few moments of thanking him this morning Before him, here are some specific things this morning. I'd like for you to pray for your church during this time, during this time of transition, that God would bless. That God would continue to help you to be a light in the community for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That there would be unity in the body here. that God could use you in the most powerful way. Pray for those that are going to be leading the search for the next pastor, whoever God brings your way. God would give them wisdom. God would give them patience. God would give them courage. God would give them discernment. I ask you to pray for patience on the part of the church for all of us. That we'd be willing to wait for God's timing, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, that God would God would bring his man in just the right timing. That you pray for Mike and the leadership here line God during this time just grant them wisdom and strength to be able to lead in a way that is pleasing to you father we are grateful that we can come to you like this knowing that you hear our prayers There is one mediator between man and God, and that is none other than Jesus Christ. And so, God, this morning we bring before you our petitions, our prayers. We ask these things as a body of believers here at Airline, believing that you hear us, believing that you love us more than we love ourselves, believing that you are powerful enough to do all that you choose to do. So, God, would you, in the weeks and the months that are just ahead, pour out on this body of believers more than we can imagine or ask this morning. And we ask all this now in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for doing that with me this morning. Go back to your seats. Let's continue to worship.
3: My confidence, you never fail. Sing that again. Your promise still stands.
1: you, God, that you are a way maker and a miracle worker, Father. Lord, you keep every promise, and every promise you speak is true. And Lord, even whenever we doubt your goodness, Father, you're just as good to us, Father. And even when we don't see that you're working, Father, we know that you're working all things out for our good, Father. So Lord, help us to trust you, even in those dark times, Father, to see and to rest in your promises and know that you're working for our good father lord i pray that as we open up your word this morning that you would speak father lord speak through the one bringing your word this morning father i pray that you would anoint him from head to toe father give him focus give him clarity everything that he stands in need of to to deliver your word for us but father i pray that you would open up our hearts god lord i pray that we would be receptive to what you have for us in this place today father And I pray that you would speak directly to us, Father. Lord, we need a word from you today, Father. We pray that you would speak, Father. We will listen.
2: In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Wow, and it is uh, great to worship with you this morning. Uh, There is no greater um, joy in all the world than to be able to stand with the Lord's people and just hear them sing over the top of you, worship over the top of you. And so I have appreciated that this morning. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and find the book of Acts chapter 1. Book of Acts chapter 1 is so we're going to be uh, this morning, and uh, we will uh, in the weeks that I am with you, I know Levi is going to be here uh, a couple of weeks a month, and then I'll be here a couple of weeks a month, but uh, in the weeks that I'm with you, we will be walking early on through parts of the book of Acts as we uh, look at that early church and a model of uh, the early church. But uh, again, thank you so much for allowing me to be here, and uh, as Chase uh, mentioned a few moments ago. Uh, my role there at uh, the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and I have the privilege of being able to work with about 3,500 churches across the state of Georgia. You are one of those. We have a big job in front of us, we, you, me, all of us as Georgia Baptists. There are 9 million, approximately 9 million lost people in the state of Georgia. and We think we live in the middle of uh, the Bible Belt. And uh, I guess it's probably at one time it was, but that is no longer true. As so the world comes to us, God brings them to us to allow us to be able to share the gospel with them, 9 million lost people. We only have about a million or so that uh, claim to be Georgia Baptist. You can't find about half of those on a Sunday morning, but that's how many claim to be Georgia Baptists. and so I have the privilege of working with them. And thank you, thank you, Airline Baptist Church, for being a part of a, uh, a large partnership as uh, we work together not only to reach Georgia but to be able to tell you the gospel around the world and so uh, it is a privilege to serve you and that is exactly what I do that is my job is to serve you as churches and so thank you so much for allowing me a chance to do that I did grow up Close by here, I say grow up. Somebody asked me this morning, Where am I from? I don't ever really know how to answer that. My dad was a pastor, we moved around uh, quite a bit as a child, but where I landed for high school and college. Was just around the corner, Gwinnett County. My dad was pastor at First Baptist Church, Lilburn. Uh, during my high school days, early college days, uh, my first staff position was on a church in uh, in Gwinnett County, and so uh, I am I am back home after being uh, exiled to Middle Tennessee for about 23 years. I don't know why God did that to me, but uh, I'm finally back after living in Nashville uh, for, uh, for a number of years and pastoring there, serving at Lifeway, and some other roles that I had uh, there in that area, and so it is good to be back home. Uh, I have two daughters, both grown. One of those daughters has now given to me two grandchildren. Um, one, a granddaughter, five years old, and the other, a grandson, about five months old. I was trying to count uh, down here a few moments ago, and so uh, they're not far up the road in South Carolina, so we get a chance to see them on a regular basis, but um, that, is, that is my family. My other daughter married in November, and uh, we're already kind of like, come on, we got to go, got to get, uh, get more grandchildren here. So uh, we love, love hanging out with our grandchildren and uh, being a part of their lives. And uh, my wife, Leanne, uh, loves being a uh, Goom Goom. It's a long story how that name got there, but uh, basically my, um, my granddaughter couldn't say what we were thinking her name might be, and so it wound up Goom Goom. That's how it came out. That stuck. That's stuck. That's where we are. So we have the privilege of being grandparents, and uh, we love, love doing that as well. So I look forward to the weeks that we have together, and you'll find out as uh, just as with levi uh it will be true of me you will want to bring your bibles or your smart devices whatever it is that you use to follow along in god's word as uh, as we dive in today here's what i want to talk about is what do you do while you wait i hate to wait i don't know many people that love waiting i uh i, I just cannot I, I cannot stand having to wait for something uh think of a uh, the time that we spend in our lives waiting on different things—we wait in lines, we wait, wait at the grocery store in line, we wait at a restaurant, we wait to get in, uh, we wait at a pharmacy, we wait at stoplights, we wait at uh, stop signs, traffic lights, we wait to ride amusement park rides, we wait to get in the movies to finally see the movie, we wait for flowers to bloom, we wait for children to be born, we wait for the repairman to finally return our phone call and say that he's on his way uh, at the time that he said he would be. We wait all of the time in our life. We wait on customer service. You ever call the customer service line? You just wait and wait and wait. And so we spend so much of our lives waiting, and I think part of the reason we hate that is there's really... Nothing to do while you wait. I got to wonder how the early disciples felt about Acts chapter 1, verse 4, when Jesus said, it says, he, Jesus, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. Peter, James, and John were typical A personalities, right, A-type personalities. And so, I can't see them really getting fired up about this plan that Jesus had just given them, but what we see so often in Scripture, believers are called to wait, to wait, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, and we see that over and over again. Well, in Acts chapter 1, the disciples are waiting on God's power. Jesus had told them, you have an assignment. The assignment is you're going to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to empower you. Jesus said, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and uh, He is going to empower you to be able to take the gospel then to the ends of the earth. Well here they are waiting. Now, you this morning may be waiting for something. You may be waiting for any number of things. Maybe, uh, maybe some of you are waiting on a husband, or uh, some of you are, if you're a married couple, maybe you're waiting on God to give you that first child or those children. Some of you are waiting for God to provide a job. Some of you are waiting on your first car. Maybe you're waiting to get out of debt. Or maybe you're waiting for God to heal a hurt, uh, emotional hurt in your life. Or maybe you're waiting for God to heal your body. There's something that is going on there. Maybe you're waiting on God to give you direction. And God, which way do I go? And how do I make this decision? I know one thing for sure, all of you are waiting for a pastor. And for God to bring that man to come and lead this congregation, and I, I, find, I find waiting times to be difficult. During those times, we want to do something, we want to do something. and in, in the Christian life, listen, waiting is not a time to do nothing, and sometimes we think that it is, but waiting is not a time to do nothing. In fact, when the Bible says we're to wait on the Lord, it's not asking us to be passive, that is actually an active thing to be doing. We are actively Waiting for God to do what God is gonna do. So today what I want to do is I wanna there are gonna be four things we're gonna see what the disciples do while they're waiting on God's power to come in their life. And if we'll do these four things, listen, here's a key word, it'll make our waiting time valuable. Can waiting times be valuable in our life? Seems like such a waste, right? But it's during the times that we are waiting that God is doing some things in our life. So here's the first thing you do while you wait, if you're taking notes this morning, it is to obey. We simply obey. Look at chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. Now, Sabbath day's journey, that was less than a mile. It was the uh, distance that a Jew was allowed to travel on a trip on the sabbath day and so that's how they defined that that uh that distance in this case when the apostles took their uh the journey they were taking a very specific step of obedience god had given them jesus had given them instructions as to what they would do look back up at verse four where does jesus tell them to wait in verse four clearly jesus said wait in jerusalem By the way, if you're one of those disciples, you're thinking to yourself, now, why Jerusalem? I mean, of all the places, that's not the safest place for somebody to be that claimed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You know what had just happened there? Jesus had just been crucified, right? He had just been arrested, his mock trial, all that stuff. It takes place in Jerusalem, and it had not been long since Jesus was crucified there. I, I probably, had I been one of the disciples, I think I would have spoken to him and said, Jesus, I have... I have a couple other suggestions, maybe Jerusalem's not the best place for us to go right now, so I think maybe another place or two might And offer up some suggestions, right? Bethany, maybe. Let's, let's go to Bethany. I mean, Jesus, we can go to Bethany, and, and uh, you know, we've been there a few times, it's close by, we can stay with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. We, we've been in their home a few times, we know their hosts. They we know they love to have us there, and so uh, they, they, they probably, had I been there, I think I would have had. Another suggestion, any place Jesus other than Jerusalem right now, that is the hot spot. By the way, I don't know if you have found this to be true, but when it comes to obedience, it is far easier to obey when the thing God asks you to do makes sense. (laughs) Sometimes God asks you to do, in fact, a lot of times God asks us to do things that do not make sense. But the place that we learn obedience best Or in the places when God asks us to do something that doesn't make any sense. And waiting on the Lord means obeying at times when the instructions God gives us are not the instructions that we really want to follow. They make no sense, but the apostles did just that. In fact, in Luke chapter 24, we're told that they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They obeyed even in the face of all of this stuff, even with great joy joy here's here's the key to understanding what happens when you are waiting just do the next thing you're waiting whatever it is this morning just do the next thing by simply doing the next thing returning to jerusalem the apostles now are putting themselves in a position to be able to receive the very thing that god had promised them they're going to receive by the way in that where we all want to live in a position to receive the thing we're waiting for that's exactly what God was doing. He was putting him in that place. So what are you waiting for this morning? While you're waiting, what are you doing? You're going to do the next thing. Now watch this. Just obey what you know. Obey what you know. Do the thing you know to do. I know that all, at all times, no matter what's going on, it is right for me to pray. It is right for me to share my faith. It is right for me to treat the people around me as Jesus had have, have me treat the people. There are some things that I just know, no matter the circumstance, here is what I'm doing. So the first thing I want to do while I'm waiting is obey. The second thing I want to do while I'm waiting is fellowship, fellowship. He said that's kind of odd. Look at verse 13. When they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying— Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. And um, it says they were all continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number of people who were together was about a hundred and uh, 20. So you got a list right here in verse 13. So you have the 11 surviving apostles, Judas Iscariot by now has committed suicide. So who is upstairs in the, in the upper room besides the 11 disciples? Who's, who's there? Well, you see it, right? The apostles. And then verse 14 tells us uh, they were with the women, which probably, by the way, included Mary Magdalene, Mary and Martha, and others. We have mentioned Mary, uh, Mary the mother of Jesus. She's there. We also have reference to the four half-brothers of Jesus. By the way, those are some interesting guys. Do you know they did not trust that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was who he said he was, until the resurrection. (laughs) Now, how do you deny that? Bubba's come back to life. We, we, We now know that he was who he says that he is, that he is indeed God. And then we're told in verse 15, there are 120 of those that are there, but the the key for this group, what it tells us in verse 14, it says, they were all continually united. Some of your translations say they were all of one accord, and we see this phrase describing the early church over and over and over again in the book of Acts. It means one mind. It means all together. We might refer to this as oneness or united. Here's the key for us to understand, as we're going through a waiting time, this is important for us. The key to understand is the Christian life is not just about believing, but it is about belonging. It is not just about believing, but it is about belonging. It is is God's intention that having believed, now we belong to a group. That's why we have this thing called a local church. That's why we do what we do. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and following says, let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our meetings, as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we're not to avoid one another, we're to come together. What do we do when we come together? We are to encourage one another. I know we're coming out of a time with COVID and it's just really a strange, strange season to be alive. And uh, so I know many simply cannot physically attend church these days, and if you're watching online this morning, and thank you for joining us, and thank you for watching with us. I'm certainly not speaking to those who are physically challenged in a way that prevents them from being able to join us this morning, being with us, but it always blows me away. It always blows me away that we can say, a person can say they have a commitment to Jesus Christ, and yet turn their back on his bride, the church. I've never understood that. I, I, I don't know how those two come together. And actually, before COVID, on any particular Sunday, we cannot find at least half the people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ anywhere close to a church building. And please know this morning, it's not my intent to be critical of anyone this morning, but we were made to do this thing called Christianity with other believers. You cannot do this by yourself. You know, I... I I've been at this for a while now, number several decades, had a chance to pastor, that kind of thing. I've never met a single person who took a season away from the church that said to me, you know, Mark, while I was away from the church, while I was not gathering with the people of God, I just got to tell you, that was the best time spiritually in my life. I, I grew more, I grew closer to Christ than any other time in my life, never one. But I can tell you, countless people. I could take you to today that took times away, seasons away from the church, away from the fellowship, away from, away from the people of God. Life hit them hard, and they said, man, I, I wish that I had stayed in there. How many times I've had people sit in my office and say, you know, I know this pastor, I know I've got to get back in church because I, I, I'm struggling right now. And it's a matter of advanced decision-making. Y'all are here today, probably 99% of you are here today because you decided yesterday you're coming today, right? That's how it works. We decide in advance, I'm going to gather with the people of God. If you wait until Sunday morning to suddenly decide, am I going to go or am I not going to go, you're probably not going to go. And I get people say to me, Mark, why? Is it so bad for me to take a Sunday off? like this is work or something. Is it so bad for me to take a Sunday off? I'm not saying there's anything wrong to take a Sunday off. I'm not trying to be legalistic at this point, but I know this. I don't always like it when the doctor looks at me and says, Mark, you need to lose some weight. I don't always like it when they look at me and say, you need to change your diet. You need to exercise more. But I do appreciate that there is somebody there that speaks into my life who cares about me and my physical well-being that they tell me there are some things I need to consistently do in order to stay healthy. I appreciate the fact that there's somebody there that's willing to do that. So if you want to change the trajectory of your spiritual life and you want it to be climbing, then you've got to be with God's people under the teaching of God's Word, worshiping with God's people, gathering together with the people of God you know there's something, and I didn't, I don't, I hadn't met any of you until this morning. I met a few of you before the service, but there is something that happens here. I'm standing right here worshiping, don't know you, but there's something that happens here that cannot happen when I'm by myself. There's, there's something that happens in in worship. There's something that happens when the people of God are here all together on our knees and we're praying together. We're spending that time together, coming before the Lord. There's something that happens in that that does not happen when I am alone and spending time alone with the Lord. I want to spend time alone with the Lord every single day, no question about that. But there is something about being with the people of God. I've also learned that if I'm going to grow spiritually, i got to build some key relationships with some other Christians. Key relationships with other Christians. All of us need somebody to disciple us. All of us need somebody to mentor us, somebody that is investing in us. You know, even with what I do right now, I have a couple of people in my life, a couple of men in my life, that they know they can speak into my life at any moment, and they spend time with me to invest in me on a personal level, on a spiritual level. I'm not talking about somebody to control you or force spiritual things down your throat at all, but someone who has been. I need someone who has been where I want to go spiritually. I need somebody that's down the road. I I need somebody that has been through the storms that I don't even know I'm about to go through, but they have been through those storms. They've been through those seasons in my life. I need somebody that has been where I am heading into where are we going to find those kind of relationships you find them in a church more more specifically than that by the way you find those in small groups i don't know if you call yours sunday school or small groups or adult groups or whatever, whatever those are called but it's in those small groups that's where you meet somebody that you walk alongside like this that's where that happens so use the waiting time to be obedient to obey Use the waiting time to build those key relationships to help you grow. Pull people into your life to say, would you just walk with me and seek people to invest in you? Number three, third thing you want to do while you wait is you want to pray. And it would be impossible to overstate if you go through the book of Acts, it's impossible to overstate the role of prayer in that book. It is over and over and over again. Almost every chapter in this book refers to prayer one way or another. But verse 14, chapter 1, says they were continually united in prayer with the women, including Mary and the mother, uh, the mother of Jesus and his brother. Literally, it says they stuck to praying. That's the way you translate that. Corporately, individually, they were committed to prayer what were they praying for well i would say one of the things they're praying for here is they're praying for the holy spirit that jesus had promised and you say well why would they pray for that jesus had already promised he's coming now you always come back and pray the promises of god repeat those before the lord there are a lot of promises we pray for a lot of promises in scripture we still pray for they could have been praying for judas's replacement we know in just a few moments We'll see this, but they had to replace Judas, and they go through this whole process of doing that. But the idea is that they waited prayerfully, right? You know what that reminds me of, by the way, waiting? Waiting reminds me, I'm not in charge. You go to those restaurants, and they give you that little beeper. You know what I'm talking about? They're going to buzz you when it's your turn, right? When When the young lady gives me the beeper, who is now in charge? She is. <laughs> that reminds me, I don't, I don't get to jump line. I don't get to go to the table. I, it, she is now in charge. And when I am waiting, it reminds me, you know what? I'm not in charge. God is the one that is in charge. I'm not the guy that's calling the shots. E. Stanley Jones said, prayer is surrender. It is surrender to the will of God and cooperation with that will. You know, if, you, if you're in a, out in a boat You take a line and you throw a hook onto the shore because you're trying to get to shore. So throw a hook onto the shore and you're reeling it in and you're getting closer and closer to the shore. Let me just ask you, are you pulling the shore to you or are you pulling yourself closer to the shore? We all know the answer to that. I can't move the shore or the shoreline. So I am pulling myself closer and closer closer the shore well in the same way prayer is not pulling god to my will will rather it is aligning me more and more with the will of god that's how i want to stay in prayer it's not that i'm going to move god it is that god is now moving me it is as we pray now that we begin to gain God's perspective. We get God's heart on the very thing I'm praying for and asking for. And the more that I spend time in conversation with God about that, God begins to show me some things. Now, Mark, you may not stop be ready for that yet. Mark, there's some things in your life we're going we're gonna to need to get lined up before I'm going to be able to answer that prayer. Mark, maybe it's just not best you have that or that I do that in your life. And it just begins to line me up. I I think you could safely say that the most important activity for the people of God is to spend time in prayer and conversation with Him. Somebody said hope is holding on, praying expectantly. I like that. H-O-P-E, holding on, uh, praying expectantly. Airline, listen, I know this is a time of waiting. Nobody likes to wait. Uh, I think a great prayer while you're waiting, though, would be, Lord, help me not to waste this opportunity to grow while I'm waiting, while we're waiting. Help, Help me not to waste this opportunity to draw closer to you. You've given me this waiting time, you're wanting me to grow during this time. Help me not to miss this strategic opportunity in my life. So what do you what do you know to do? Do that thing. Seek out the relationships that are with people that are ahead of you on the journey. Spend time in prayer and the last one is this, study. Study. Where do you get that? Look at verse 15. In those days Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number of people who were together, was about 120, and he said, brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the Scripture be fulfilled, circle this verse, that the Scriptures be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was one of our number, and he shared in this ministry. Now, this man acquired a field with his... Uh, filled with his uh, unrighteous wages he fell head first his body burst open and his testin spilled out I was like spent about 10 minutes of us talking about that then this uh, this became known to all the residents of Jerusalem so to their own language that field is called Hakadama, that is field of blood for it is written in the book of Psalms let his dwelling become desolate let no one live in it and let someone else take his position. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. And so they proposed two: Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justus, and Matthias. And when they prayed you know lord everyone's hearts show us which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry that judas left to go where he belongs and then they cast lots for them and the lot fell to matthias and he was added to the 11 apostles very very interesting text of scripture but i i want us to meditate uh this morning or look look closer at what is happening here in verse 16 Peter steps up, by the way, he's now natural leader, steps out after his colossal failure, by the way, colossal failure, in denying Jesus Christ, he is forgiven, and now the others now look to this guy's leadership, wow, verse 16, 17, Peter makes reference to some scriptures that have been fulfilled, you see it in verse 16, as I hesitated there, brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David foretold about Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. The Holy Spirit through the mouth of David. He's talking about the inspiration of Scripture here and how it took place. Here's what I mean by inspiration of Scripture. God so superintended the writers of Scripture so that they wrote what he wanted them to write And he kept them from error. God so superintended the writers of Scripture that He wrote what they He wanted them to, they wrote what He wanted them to write, and He kept them from error. Theologians speak of two different kinds of inspiration. The first kind of inspiration, some theologians talk about, is the inspiration of all the ideas of God. So God just kind of gave them the idea, then they kind of worked their way through it. The second one is this it's called verbal inspiration. Not just the ideas but the very words inspired by God. You say, Mark, which one of those do you believe? Let me tell you, I struggled through three years of languages, Greek and Hebrew, so if it's not important, I wasted a lot of time, right? Right? The reason I did that is because of the inspiration of Scripture, the very words of God. I believe what Scripture teaches about itself, that it was inspired word by word by the Holy Spirit. In verse 16, can I be any clearer than that? Those that were writing Scripture were writing the exact words God wanted written. 2 Peter chapter two, verse, or chapter 1 verse 21 says, because no prophecy, no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, moved by the Holy Spirit, men spoke from God. We can have absolute 100% confidence in this word. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think it. I don't have to doubt any of it. God has inspired this word for words. So what do you do while you wait? You study, if you look at verse 20, it is written in, in our translation, it is written in bold. It, is for, it says, for it is written in the book of Psalms, this is Peter talking, let his dwelling uh, become desolate so no one can live in it, and let someone else take his position. Peter's quoting from the Old Testament from Psalms. How does Peter know at that moment to quote from the Psalms from the Old Testament? How did he know that? He had studied. <laughs> he had spent time with the Word of God. You know, Luke tells us after the resurrection that Jesus spent some pretty focused time teaching the disciples the Scriptures. In Luke chapter 24, verse 44, it says, Then he told them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And I think Peter and the others, they're in the Scriptures. They're in the Old Testament Scriptures. And they are studying they're looking for places where it is mentioned that there's going to come one, the Holy Spirit. There's going to come one after Jesus Christ. All the prophecies of the Old Testament that speak of, whisper of the Holy Spirit. And Peter is looking and he's, what what do we see? So they're studying the word of God. Peter brings this one up, this one in particular. I would just say to you this morning, listen, if you're in one of those seasons of waiting. The entire church waiting for a pastor. But if you're in one of those seasons of waiting in your life personally, you need to allow time. Spend time in God's Word. And just let God talk to you. These are the very words of the living God. and Just give God those moments to be able to speak into your heart, into your mind, into your life. And If you have days... months and years that you're waiting for god to do a particular thing in your life invest that time getting to know god better by spending that time in the word of god god just speak to me today through your word so often we go through a time of waiting months or years you come out the other end of that waiting season you You don't know God any more or any better than you did when you started. What a waste of time. It's no wonder we don't like to wait. We just sit there. And it is always true that God is always doing something in those waiting times, giving you time To get to know him better with more intimacy than when you walked in. So, if you're waiting this morning, you're in a really sweet spot. I'm waiting for a job. You're in a sweet spot. I'm waiting for a spouse. You're in a sweet spot. I'm waiting for God to give us a child. It doesn't seem like it, but you're in a really sweet spot. We're waiting on the next pastor. You're in a sweet spot. It doesn't feel like it, but God says, let's use this time. It's a valuable time. Don't waste the time while you wait. You obey what you know to do. Do the next thing. You fellowship, draw closer together. Invite people to invest in your life. You want to pray, certainly. Always I pray. And then I want to spend time in God's Word and say, God, I just want to know you better during this time. I don't want to waste this. I can say this. I think I've lived long enough now to say this. And I see it in God's Word. God is never in a hurry. We are. A lot. But God is never in a hurry. He is always right on time. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Our heads bowed. Our eyes closed. Just a moment, we're going to stand and We're going to worship, I would just say this morning, and and every individual here would have a different story, what it is that you're waiting on, just waiting on, you fill in the blank. And today, maybe the Lord has just spoken to you to say, you know I, I've got this. We've, We've sung several songs this morning worshiping Him, talking about how great God is. He's a way maker. God is awesome. He's like no other as we've lifted our voices today as reminders just how incredible God is And you would just say this morning you know God here you, you know what it is for me you know what I'm waiting on I just want to lay that at your feet today and I'm not going to waste this time while I'm waiting I, I'm going to move forward I'm going to do the next thing I'm going to want to give with some people that have already been down this road I'm Study. That much I know I can do. God, would you just speak into my life, my heart, and see what God does? In a moment, we stand and sing. This altar's open. If you want to come this morning, just simply spend time with the Lord in prayer and maybe praying for your church more. Always, always. Never can pray enough. Always. Maybe it's just something for you. Something for you today. say this if you're here today you've never placed your faith in jesus christ as your only hope of salvation and i want to invite you this morning to take that step in just a moment we're going to sing It'll Be staff and leaders here at the front and you come this morning as god leads if he's if you've never trusted your life to christ you just come to one of them this morning to say you know Today, I'd like to trust Christ. It's my only hope. I want to commit my life to Him. I'd love to share with you what is the next step you need to take however God's leading you this morning. We stand and seeing you come. I'm going to pray and then we'll stand and worship together. Father, thank You for Your Word to us. It is good. Lord, as we consume what your word says what an encouragement to our hearts times a challenge but always an encouragement god i just pray today for your people that are here at airline that you would uh, you would use this time of waiting draw them closer together stronger as we look to find who the next pastor should be here the next shepherd Lord, if there are those here that need to make decisions today, I pray you give them boldness and courage to come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Let's sing. You know this one, sing
1: with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His one
4: Thank you all so much. Thank you for that good word, brother. I appreciate that. That's good word. And uh, this morning we didn't really introduce him, but it's good to have Ben Harrison with us this morning leading worship. Uh, Ben's family's over here. Uh, be sure to come over and hug a neck. Let them know how much we love and appreciate them being with us. Okay. And of course, brother Mark, I think you're going to be here next week, right? Amen. Looking forward to that. That will be so so good. And, we want to thank all of y'all. Thank you for everything. Listen, we last week we had an opportunity to do some uh, touch some folks in our community, and thank all of y'all for participating in that. We got to love on some folks, to do some things, and there's more of those opportunities coming up. So, churches keep on loving on people while we wait. Amen. That's just such a good word. Don't forget in the morning, 6:30 uh, in the fellowship hall, we'll gather together. It's uh, still good and dark and we'll pray together. That'll be a good time also. But I love you all. I appreciate you so much. Um, stay faithful. okay? Stay faithful. keep your hands on the plow as they say. I heard that somewhere. Uh, and let's just stay busy at it. All right. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll be dismissed this morning. God, we love you so much and we thank you, God for this time. Thank you, God for that good word waiting. God, waiting is not something I enjoy doing. God, I realize it's a time of growth and it's a time of, of trusting in you. So God, we together, as we wait on you to move on us here in this place, God, we want to stay faithful to you, obedient to you. We're going to spend a lot of time in prayer to you, Father. We're going to be obedient to staying in your word, God, we're going to fellowship up in loving one another, even today as we leave. It's just good to hear these folks love and hug and shake hands and tell each other how much they love and appreciate them. So, God, we wait. And, God, we do it in accordance to your will and pray, God, that you bless and guide us to continue to use us in this area as you. Gospel to give us the humbleness, God, to live a life that's pleasing to you and just draw others to you, God, just in the way we live. Now, God, you be with us and help us to be pleasing to you in all that we say and do. We love you and thank you in Jesus' holy name, and his congregation says, Amen. Love y'all. Thank you so much.